You're listening to the Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams. How would you like to go from zero to 110 property deals in just the next five years. Well, today I'm here with my good friend, one of my great mentees, who is now one of our amazing mentors, the one and only Mr. Rob Rayson, who has done exactly that. Rob, welcome into the studio. Thanks for having me. Man, it's always nice catching up. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. And and it's like, where the hell has five years gone? Tell me about it. It's like, yeah, the, the transformation in five years. The, the time just disappeared. It, like, it's just gone so quick, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult to remember quite how things were five years ago. It's yeah. like such a such a different place to be in. Well, well you know what? I, th- I think that's a really good place to start. Yeah. So wh- where were you five years ago before you met me? I was in a job that everybody thought was great. I, I was doing luxury travel and I was traveling the world and like, getting to explore and experience some of the greatest sort of hotels and experiences on planet Earth, which I was bored. Um, and people are like, well, why would you be bored of something like that? And the reality was maybe two weeks a year I'd be doing that and 50 weeks a year I'd be in the office. And right. the 50, year, 50 weeks I was bored and the two weeks a year was great. And the, the whole aim at the time was to get to a point where I could go and make those two weeks a year more like the 50 weeks a year. Great. And so we would be out exploring more than I would be sat Great. in the office. So so is like travel and adventure like high up on your Top values of- priority list? Yeah, second second to obviously family and my children. Great. But yeah, absolutely. That's what I want to spend my time doing. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So I remember vividly you coming to one of my free in-person property summits at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Blackfriars, London. Yeah. And I did my presentation and then you collared me at the back of the room. And um, what did you say? I think at the time there was an opportunity there to join a like a three-day boot camp. And I was like, that looks great, but I'm all in. So give me everything. Give me everything you've got. I want to be all in. I want to be personally mentored by you. And I want to take this all the bloody way. Great. And so... Yeah, I, I remember the conversation. You were like super driven, super focused, and you were just open to having mentorship, to having direction. So look, let, let's fast forward. You came and spent three days with me at our world-class Property Millionaires Bootcamp. Uh, I started to mentor you. And initially, you didn't do the strategy that you're doing now. You made a decision to do another strategy. So what was your first decision in property? The first decision wasn't really to make a decision. It was like to like, like explore everything. It's like, let's do, maybe let's do some HMOs. And what about a flip? And what about a BRR? And I know I'm going to do a land development or I'm going to buy a block, like an office block and convert it into apartments. And I was all over the place. Yeah. And so I think it was literally this time, five years ago, I sat down with you and went, Liam, this shit doesn't work. Property doesn't work. I can't, I can't do it. I've, I've tried. And we put all the strategies back on the table. And you were like, Rob, why aren't you doing service accommodation? That's your background. Like you've always been in travel. And from that moment on, everything changed. Great. So you went down the relocation route, serviced accommodation, yeah. and but you've done it with a slight twist. Yeah. So, well, well, initially you got some units, 
So you went out to landlords, gave them guaranteed rent, Mm -hmm. and then you used them for contractors, holiday makers, families, couples. And I remember you getting sort of three or four deals up and running fairly quickly. And um, I believe you'd you'd, you'd used an investor for some of those earlier deals. Yeah, I mean, I had no money of my own at the time. Um, I... um, so I, I met some investors. They they put the money in for the first two or three units, and so I had these three, I think three companies at that point. And I could see the way it was going. I was like, I still haven't got any money. We're still building the business. I'm going to end up with like a hundred companies if I build it the way I want to build it. And so I, I sort of took took stock and looked at uh, alternatives, and then went down the management route. Great. So for me, somebody that knows all the ins and outs of it, maybe didn't have any money at the time. I went down the management route where I now manage other people's properties. They they own their own share, and we get a good cut of the cut of the profits. Fantastic. So, and, and I think it's a really really powerful strategy. Mm. You know, rent to rent management, or going out to you know landlords that have got single let properties, um, because you know you had the systems in place. You started to build a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were really good at what you were doing. Um, because you went down that management route, what what were the benefits to your business, and what are the benefits to the landlord or the rent to renter that's got the property? Yeah, I mean, for us, the benefit is we can grow far quicker. Uh, there's there's no there's no cap. We don't that we don't need to invest in each unit, so we don't need piles and piles of cash to make it grow. I mean, for, from sort of top line figures, I put fifty pounds into the business five years ago, and it wow. it's probably turned over since then six and a bit million. Wow. From a £50 investment because I didn't have to invest in each unit. Wow. Um, but then from the landlord's point of view or from the rent-to-rent um, sort of operator's point of view, they get all the experience of somebody that's 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 run 100 plus units, but they don't have to take the time to learn it. I mean, what we've done is hard. Right? We've got operations now in 25 cities across the UK. It's coordinating all the cleaners and maintenance people and keeping track of door codes and making sure every guest gets in the right place. And like, what do you do when a guest can't find the key safe and things like that? We, we've spent so long building all these processes and systems to go in and do that from scratch is, is hard work. Mm. So they can immediately tap into all that experience, like revenue management experience, marketing experience, customer service experience. You make so many mistakes during the first year or two of operation if it was just mm. one or two units. And we just we just take all that that learning. I I, re- I really love the model, and you know, if, if I was a renter renter, or I was, um, you know, I had some single lets, and I wanted to increase my cash flow, I'd much prefer to give them to someone like you, because you've got the systems, you've got the processes, you've been there, you've done it, you're a master at what you do. Yes, I make a little bit less, but ultimately I'll make more because I'm leveraging, um, you know, your systems and processes. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, I think the. The point is rent-to-rent doesn't take a lot of money to get in. You can get a rent-to-rent service accommodation unit open for three or four grand if you're if you're frugal and if you're careful. Now, lots of people might have 10, 20 grand sort of saved away. They want to be focusing on getting that into the deals, not managing the, the guests day-to-day. Mm. Now, if you take on one and manage it yourself, you're going to struggle to find the time for two and three and four. Whereas if you give them to a management company, you can then go out and just keep sourcing, just build, 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 build. Yeah. And the profits by the next one, the profits by the next one, and they, they focus on building the business rather than running it. Yeah. Well, look, there's a lot of people tuning into this, and people look to start, and you know they start and they have problems, and then they start get some deals and they scale. You know, what could you set share with our viewers as to you know? What's been useful for you to keep you going, pushing through the difficult times? How do you find that drive, Rob? Yeah, it's a really good question because 
but there are tough times in business. There yeah. always will be, and there always has been. I mean, I think for me, it's all about the vision. You, having a really clear, like, like there's a great book called Vivid Vision. Um, if, if anybody wants yeah, to read that, well worth, well worth reading. But having a really clear, vivid vision of exactly this is where we're going to end up. Yes, we've got some shit to deal with now. We'll deal with that, but that's where we're going to end up, so it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm, I'm the first to hold my hands up and say, like, I've had some hard times. I've had some dark moments during the last five years, but it's all led to a much greater future. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's all about that, that vision for the future. Yeah, yeah ha having a clear vision, you know, being focused in on the end goal is really important. Yeah. Uh, what, what sort of things have you done over the last five years to stay motivated? Um, I take time for me. I take time to, to reward myself. Great. Um, and I think it's something that, one, I enjoy doing, of course, but it's so, so few people do. They're like, like nose to the grindstone, nine, nine, to, nine in the morning until nine at night, every day of the week, and look, that's, that's great. And that, that, you're going to need to do some of that. But to take a little bit of time to maybe go to the spa, maybe have like a weekend away, maybe just go out for dinner with friends. Yeah. Like just, yeah. just having a moment to say, right, actually, I'm going to have a bit of time for me or I'm going to celebrate a win. Um, I remember I, I had a I had a target. I think I was on like twelve units, and so my target was seventeen. So I ended up with a reward at seventeen units, for, strangely enough. But it was like let's add five more, and then I'm getting a new watch. And that that watch still to this day means the world to me. Setting those little targets, yeah, rewarding yourself, and I I think that's so key because I, I remember back in two thousand and fifteen, and you know I'd lost my business. I uh, lost £392,000 in that. I was in a dark period. I felt lost. I felt lonely. I felt confused. I sank into a depression for, for a number of months. Uh, and then it's all about who you hang around with. And I remember for that first year, and I went from me zero to 11 properties in the first year, raised you know, uh, £1.1 million of JV finance, something like that. And I remember getting to the end of that first year with Jay, and we hadn't celebrated at all. Yeah. And I was exhausted. Yeah. Okay, great. I was cash flowing. Yeah. And then we completely changed the perspective. And, and now, you know, it's really important to enjoy life and enjoy business as you go, because otherwise, you know, you just get yourself burnt out. And, what, and what's it all about? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's progressive rewards as well. I think obviously in your first, first when you get your first deal, there needs to be a reward there, but the reward's necessar not necessarily going to be as big as when you get your hundredth deal. Yeah. Um, but making sure that you are continuously up in the game and, but when the business gets better, the rewards should get better. Yeah. Okay, great. So look, a lot of people tuning in, they're going to be like, wow, 110 deals. What do you do to manage that? Because I know you very much work on the business, not in the business. Mm -hmm. So as people get the first four, five, six deals in the portfolio, really, what is the trick and what are some of the things that you need to do in order to scale to your types of levels? There's there's a variety of things. I mean, first and foremost, it's about processes and, and having having good systems. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be careful with that. We over-systemized at times, and it's meant people have felt that we're a bit robotic. Like we're a ultimately we're a a service service business. We should be there servicing customers, and they should feel unique and special. Um, so if you if everything is automated, everything is by email, everything is by text message, and none of it's got a person's name on the mm. end. That, that can feel a bit feel a bit robotic, so I think building systems, but still still creating that warmth within the business has been crucial. Because because I, I suppose if you get a new landlord on, how have you been able to do it? So because they're always going to want you, right? Yeah. How, how did you go from that transition where you can't serve? You've got 110 mm -hmm. properties. That's potentially 110 different landlords mm -hmm. or rent to renters. How did you go through that transition? 
So to this day, I still take every single first phone call with oh, every single new person we work with. Once we've been working with them for a while, if they bring another 10, 20 properties in, I, they probably wouldn't need to speak to me. Um, but I'm available to them if they want me. Um, but then we brought in um, a team. We now have a team of two people that do nothing but serve our our, our clients, our partners. Great. Um, so they are there on the end of the phone every day of the week. If there's a problem, if they've got a question, they'll answer the questions. If they can't or they want me specifically, they'll book a, a meeting in my diary so that I, I've still got that one-to-one -one contact. But like, I can't deal with every single inquiry or mm. query that everybody has. But but yeah, and that, that's really the second point of, of, of growing and, and being able to grow as quickly as we have is having the right people in place. Okay. So Gro team, growing a team. Building a team, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think we've got um, a team of 14 in that, in that company now. So you've got 14 in your... Uh, in, the man, in the management company. Yeah. Wow, that, that's incredible. You know, 14 people. Um, and, and that's really important because there's only so far you can go on your own. And, um, yeah. you know, here in Assets for Life, we've got a fantastic team. You know, you, you you give the direction. It's my role as the leader, so to speak, to mm. push the team forward, get everyone in on the vision. And, you know, I operate a you know property company and an events business. And, um, you know, predominantly all of my staff, bar a handful, are in the UK. UK, you went with a completely different approach. Yeah. So you've got 14 staff members. Where where are they based? So they're all based in the Philippines. Right. Um, they're okay. all they're all working from home. So they're all in different parts of the Philippines, um, which comes with its own challenges. Um, we have had people that just disappear they, 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 for whatever reason, like they've just had enough of their well, like job. They're, like they're there one day yeah. and, and then no no notice. Never hear from them again. <laughs> um, it, it's happened. It's happened at least twice. I mean. To get the good, the fourteen we've got and the fourteen we have are brilliant. We've probably had twenty five in total. It's not like it's a. I don't it, think that's too bad. No, to be fair. No, I mean maybe and, if and, it was and, the UK, it'd be the same. Yeah, maybe um, a little bit less. Yeah. Um, but to be doing it outsourced out in the Philippines, you've got the time difference. You've got potential language barrier difference. Yeah. Um, you know, to 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 go twenty four and then you've got fourteen key members. Well, there you have it. Zero to one hundred and ten property deals. If Rob can do it, you can do it. Hey, thanks for tuning into my podcast. Uh, please make sure you go and leave me a fantastic five star review. And why don't you head over to www assetsforlife.co.uk where you can access some free property training and you can get the same results that Mr. Rob Mason has achieved. Thanks for tuning in and why don't you listen to another episode now. You're listening to The Dealmaker Podcast hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams.